Let me give you a little challenge tonight, uh, this afternoon, on Matthew chapter 5, 14 through 16. And I'm not trying to follow Pastor Carl around as he went to Daniel and I'm in Matthew just for a Sunday, but he is pretty wise, so uh, it's a good book. The Lord Jesus is the most wise, and this is his word, so here we go from Christ's words to you through a preacher, a herald from God's word, being a light in a desperately dark world. And I know if any of us were around the time of Noah, I don't think anybody was there in time of Noah, but he would say it was a desperately dark season, wouldn't he? And so would we, and we live in America. I mean, probably the richest, most comfortable, could be complacent, uh, country in the world. We need revival. And so it's not a scary thing. We don't have to fear like we sang um, to be in a desperately dark situation in the United States. And it looks like, don't know, uh, could get darker and darker and more difficult, but it's okay. We're to light, let our light shine. So I, I love this passage here. <coughs> I'll take a few minutes, remind you about the text, and let's go ahead and read this text. So if you haven't, go to your Bibles, either your paperback or your, um, your phone or your pad or whatever you have this afternoon. Matthew chapter 5, verse 14 through 16. Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick. And it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men. It reminded me right as Sister Julie was giving her testimony that people are watching. She was so correct. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father, which is in heaven. And so, normally if I was preaching on this chapter, I would give you a little bit of more of an understanding of the Sermon on the Mount that we're in right now, but not today, don't have time, just this text. Father, help us as it has been a wonderful Lord's Day because you are a wonderful Lord. And we've come together today, Lord, we, we love you, but you know we struggle too. Uh, sometimes we, we're up and the week is going great and we feel like we're trusting in you and, and it just couldn't get any better. And then other times we're, we're fearful and we're anxious. And a lot of times it's what's going on in circumstances of life, the environment that's going on, the culture around us. And Father, we understand we are living in a dark world and that you have saved us. These people here today. Uh, they are light. They are your light. And so, Lord, give us encouragement from this passage, and then may each one of us take the exposition and go home and live out application in our neighborhoods, in our homes, in our environments, in our workplaces that would be pleasing and glorifying to you. We thank you now. Help me, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So, folks. I think it's a little interesting. The Apostle John says in 1 John 1.5, he says, 
God is, I like syllogisms, A, B, then A equals C. So he says, um, John says, God is light, okay? Fact, right? Say it with a fact, right? It's a fact. And then Jesus, in John 8, 12, Jesus says, concerning himself, there's his deity, he goes, I am the light of the world. Fact, right? From God's word, fact. God's light, Jesus part of deity, part of the Godhead, Trinity, he's light. And then he goes in chapter 5, this is so awesome, not that God is light and Jesus is light, but he says, what? Ye are the lights of the world. So there you got it. God's light, Jesus is light. You and I today are light. Man, you are in a good camp. You are in a good family, folks. That's just awesome. What an enormous position to be in, folks, I think. God's light, Christ's light, believers are said to be the light of the world. What an enormous position to be in. So the believer is what God is and what Christ are. We're light. We're not dark. Now, if you're here today, you're like, you want to go to a good church, want to do some good stuff, like it here, but you just don't have it down, you don't know about relationship with Christ, faith in Christ alone, uh, you've got some of these things, maybe works and different things, baptism, con contributions to a church, um, you, you're just not sure about the gospel, it's okay. As long as you're living and breathing, you have time. Even today, before you walk out the door, you can talk to Pastor Carl or somebody you feel close to. And, and, uh, but you're not light. You're darkness. And I don't say that to offend you, but it just is the way it is. So if you're a believer here today, I just nail that down. Because the majority of you are today. You are light. You're the light of God. You're the light of Christ. No greater position, no greater privilege no greater labor, no greater reflection could be than like Jesus, being light in a desperately dark world that we live in. That must have been what I think, I think when Noah, his wife, his kids, his daughter-in-law, I think when they sat down and they had some supper or some nights, I think Noah talked about this. I think he said, now, young ones, it is so dark out there drunkenness and, and everything under the sun is going on. You are a light. And I, I know it's crazy. The whole world is watching us build this ark for the last 98 years, and we're not done, but we're getting close. Don't quit on God. Let's be a light to this darkness around us. Today, I don't know, every single one of us are in different situations. But God says you are a light right where you're at. Remember, to be identified with God as light is an enormous responsibility. But remember, it's a privilege. It's a privilege. Don't just think of it as a hard task or hard responsibility. It's a privilege being a light. Whatever light is and does, the believer is to be and the believer is to do. However, God's character and the believer's character is to be the same, light. So I want to preach to you just for a few moments this afternoon on being a light in a desperately dark world. Point number one, I want you to see the disciples' character is light from verse 14. 
Christ said, I'm the light of the world. Here he says the disciple is to be like him. What, what do you want to be this week? What do you want to do this week? How do you want to respond? How do you want to act? What's your behavior? What's going on this week? Well, I got work. I got this responsibility. I got this platform going on in my life. Um, yeah, it all comes under the direction of your light this week. Whatever you do, wherever you go, you're the light of the world. The disciple is to undergo a radical transformation. He is to become like Christ more and more and more. The more you live, you're to go out and walk like Christ. As Julie said, people are watching you. Do they see Christ in you? They see something different. Like, wow, it's just a neighborhood. It's a dark neighborhood. But man, there's something about that man or something about that woman. And they're so used to it that when they don't see you, they're like, what happened to the different make the different maker? I mean, where, where are they? Second Corinthians 4, 6 and 7 says, For God who commanded light to shine out of darkness has shined in the heart, our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure, folks. You say, my body's not a treasure. You are a treasure today. You're a treasure. We have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. You're not light naturally, but Christ is light in you. You're a treasure, though, today. Light is a symbol of salvation and life. And like Saul, it is indispensable. Jesus compared believers to light because they are the only ones who can show the world the way of salvation and demonstrate what God can do in a transformed life. Jesus said in John 9, 5, as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world, right? As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. So, is Jesus still in the world physically, bodily, in that sense with us right now? Yes or no? He's physically, bodily not with us right now. He has went to be with the Father. He has left us whom? The Holy Spirit. So, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. As long as the light is in the world, Jesus no longer is in the world physically, bodily. His light is now in the lives of who? You folks. He's gone to be in heaven. He's still presently working greatly. But right now, as he has departed and left, he has given us the Holy Spirit. We know Romans 8 is a great, you know, we're inheritors of everything about the kingdom of heaven, of, of God. We're sons and daughters of God. We have inherited, we've got the light from Christ. He's not here anymore. You are. You're his light. His light is now in the lives of you and I. We are reflections of him. Folks, your light is a reflective light of Jesus Christ today and onward into the future. It is all of Christ because you and I have no light of ourselves to show forth. Would you agree with me that the character of light is pure? Is the character of light pure? It is. It's every time there's dark. Like Susan and I went over these one people's place we never met before and and the husband was up in the attic working, and it was pitch black up in there. And he's yelling for his wife to, he needs a light. And my wife got her phone out, hit the flashlight, handed it up to him. 
so he could see up there. The pure light helps him to see in the darkness. That's the character of light. It's pure. Now, let me ask you a question. What does that say about your character today? With your wife, with your spouse, with your children, with your God, with your community, with your workplace. Is your character pure? Is it reflective of Jesus Christ? <clears throat> Remember a couple weeks ago we studied Romans 8, 14 through 16, teaching us that we are children of God and have been adopted in the family of God. Ephesians 5, 8 says, For ye were sometimes what? You used to be a dark person. No, not me. Yes, you. You were born a dark person. Romans 3.23 says, right? For all sin comes short of the glory of God. You were born a dark person. For ye were sometimes darkness. But now, ye are the light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. That's your opportunity this week. Walk as children of light. Because of Jesus Christ, now, instead of walking in darkness as children of the devil, we are now children of God and we walk as children of light. Number two, the disciples' place to shine is in the world. Verse 14, again. When we think of the phrase, a city that is set on a hill... We need to understand that many of the cities in Judea were placed on the summits or the sides of mountains and could be seen from a far distance. Um, Susan and I took a vacation, uh, just a rest break, um, a couple months ago, and it was interesting on this place. Um, instead of down by the water, most probably working class were set more up on the hillsides and I don't know if it's because of the water, storms, whatever, but you could see them easily, especially at nighttime. You could see all the lights on the hillside in Judea. That would have been the situation, the case. Um, maybe, I'm just guessing. I like to think, I like to read scriptures, and then I like to read in, you know, sanctify suggestions. Um, maybe Jesus pointed to such a city, and he told his disciples, see that city, see how plain you can see that, how it sticks out. You look right at it, right there it is. Maybe he says, now, you, that's how plain you are in the world. That's how everybody sees you so clearly and plainly and purely. Maybe. As Jesus teaches, he would point things out, show things, eat things. Uh, you know, he would help his, the men and women that followed him understand more clearly. Their actions could not be hid. The eyes of the world were upon them. They must be seen, and as this was the case, they ought to be holy, harmless, and undefiled. It does, you know, it does no good when you get out and you, they hear your mouth and they see your walk, and, and it's not consistent with the Word of God or the testimony that you give about Christ. And really, that's a heart matter. It's not like anybody wants you to conform, like you act one way in your house, and your family, and you go out and you walk, you act a different way. Nobody wants you to conform. It just shows you, you know, what's going on in your heart of hearts. Christ is in your life. He's the light of the world. Now you are his lights to shine as you go out and take care of your responsibilities. You are light. Listen, folks. 
If you think about it, the world has no other source of light. You are it. Now, I know there's another 7,000 Israelites out there. Uh, Elijah's like, I'm it. This is depressing. God's like, you're not it. There are Christians all over um, here. But listen, when we leave this place and you go all over to Long's, Conway, Little River, um, I'm starting to get to know some of these places a little bit. You spread out all over the place. You are it. You are the light. When you disperse from God's people, God's house. We remember in Acts 13, Paul and Barnabas are preaching and the Jews are getting pretty upset and jealous that Gentiles are getting involved. How dare you involve Gentiles in this situation? Like, really? You're contaminating the situation. No, Gentiles are getting saved because Christ wants to save them too, just not the Jews. And so you, you already know that. Acts 13, verse 46 and 47 says, Then Paul and Barnabas waxed bold and said, It was necessary that the word of God should first have been spoken to you, but seeing ye put it from you and judge yourselves unworthy of everlasting life, lo, we turn to the Gentiles. For so hath the Lord commanded us, saying, I have set thee to be a what? A light unto the Gentiles, that thou shouldest be for salvation unto the ends of the earth. You are salvation to people. You don't save people, and you're not their Savior. But Jesus is, and Jesus has went to heaven, and he's still greatly working away in our hearts and lost people's hearts, drawing, convicting, and He's taking you and I, and he's showing these people, this is what salvation is all about. I'm like, Julie, what's different about you? There's lots of people who walk around here, but we miss you, or this isn't your route, or we see a difference in your life. What is it? She was like, hey, this is what salvation is all about. You see light coming from me. You don't see darkness coming from me. And that's exactly what Christ is saying here in the text. Philippians chapter 2, verses 14 and 15, Do all things without murmurings and disputings, that ye may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation. Yes, that would be us. Among whom ye shine as lights in the world. That would be us, folks. Not to be out there arguing your case. Maybe you are right. Maybe you are justified. But you've got to have it your way. You've got to make sure everybody knows you were right and they were wrong. And you, No, no murmurings, disputings, blameless, harmless. You are son, daughter of God. Be without rebuke. Because there are crooked and perverse situations all around us. So Jesus says, shine as lights. And here Paul's saying that in Philippians 2. So your place to shine is in the world. So folks, just simply difficult application. So shine for Jesus this week. Number three, the disciples unavoidable witness in verse 15. So I would say this, it's really simplistic to break this down. I absolutely, if you didn't, if you weren't here, you didn't listen to it, go back and get a hold of Wednesday night's message. 
Oh, I loved it. Pastor Carl was giving a hermeneutic lesson, and it was awesome. I would like to like beg him to do a series on hermeneutics or something like that. It was really good. Here's so simple. When he talked about sometimes he breaks the phrases, breaks the words, looks for the verbs, looks for the nouns. It's easy to do that here. It's really simple. Um, you don't have to have two years of Greek or Hebrew language. It's just like two things are said about a city. Uh, one is it sits on a hill. You can see that from the text and <coughs> it can't be hid. How simple is that? And then there are two things that, set, that are said about a candlestick. Um, it is put, uh, two things are said about a candle. It's put on a candlestick and it gives light to all that are in the house. You say, that's a really simplistic Bible study. I know, I'm a pretty simplistic guy. And he said, he taught, you take the plain, plain clear, literal meaning. And he's said a whole lot more about the plain, clear, literal with grammar and all that too. But... That's pretty easy for any of us to understand. When a neighbor knocked at the door of one or two room home of an ordinary Israelite, the occupant might put a two gallon bucket over the pile of trash in the corner to hide it. That'd be like you and I, like all of a sudden, like you're at home and Woody and Lane comes knocking and they got a casserole or a bucket of chicken from Bojangles and they're like, hey, I wanna give you something that you know, you're sick or you're not feeling good. We just want to encourage you. And your house is a wreck, right? And all of a sudden, I know you, you, you grab this pile and you stick it here. And you grab these coats and stick them in the closet. And you're trying to clean up real quick. Well, in an ordinary one, two, three-bedroom Israelite home, that's what they do. They maybe take a trash can and there's some trash over in the corner. They put a can over it or something over it to hide it because they don't want to be embarrassed. But no one would light a lamp to hide it, right? Oh, you better run over and hide that lamp real quick. Pastor Carl and Becky stopped and visited. Go hide that lamp real quick. No, you say, that's ridiculous, right? God gives the light of life so that believers can give an effective witness and to help others, folks. That's why, to help, not to take away, not to hide not to injure, not to frustrate, but to help, to edify, to encourage, to build up. And that's what you folks are, your treasures. God looks at your treasures because his son Jesus Christ is in your life. And he so loves you and so you're such a treasure that he wants you to literally broadcast his son Jesus Christ. What higher, like, make me... President of the United States. No, make me the light of this world. That's a higher calling than even the President of the United States. I'm not dismissing that importance. <clears throat> Folks, God has not saved you and I and given you and I the light of Jesus Christ so you and I could haphazardly walk around like a light that is covered like a Christian that nobody ever knew was a Christian, ever. I can't think of more of a discouraging situation than somebody that has said, or maybe they have been a Christian, I can't remember, it's hard, but people don't even know they're a Christian. So, what does your Christian walk reflect? 
man, pause for a moment and let you think about these questions. What does your Christian walk reflect? Does it reflect a blazing fire on a peak of a mountain for all to see? Or maybe just a spark of flame in a little campfire where everyone around is grasping for light? campfire a couple Sundays ago. It reminded us a little bit of Ohio. We used to have campfires all the time. Uh, a number of folks came, and Daniel, my son, he loves fires. And you know, the easiest way for him to start the fire is, I'm like, Daniel, this was Sunday night after church. I'm like, can you start the fire? He was over there. Uh, can you start the fire before a bunch of us come over? And guess what he does? He grabs a gasoline, throws it on, and you know it. Boom! He loves it! I mean, he loves starting fires that way. By the end of the evening, it, you could just barely see the fire and you could barely see people's faces anymore. I mean, how do you want to go out in life? Gold, silver, and precious stone, hay, wood, and stubble? Do you want to go out in a blaze? People see you consistently, not some radical, emotional, up and down, like Ephesians says, ship tossed to and fro, but a, just a consistent blaze for Jesus Christ. Or just get by in your Christian life and walk. Folks, a light is not lit to be hid, right? We'd all agree with that. A light is not lit to be hid. It is lit to be seen, right? Jesus has not saved you and I to hide our Christianity, but to shine and this brings us to our last point this afternoon before you check out on me. You can here in a little bit. Number four, the disciples' purpose in verse 16. Sorry. Let your light so shine. Simplistic sermon today. The believer can refuse to let his light shine, but that is not God's purpose for saving you to himself. I see two purposes quickly here about letting our light shine. Letter A, believers are to let their light shine to show forth good works. The command, let your light so shine, means let your good works be seen. You're good people. You're not good people, but Christ is good, and Christ is living in you, and that does make you good people. When God looked at you before Christ, he's seen this dark, ugly, depraved, sinful heart and now he looks at you and i and he sees the glorious light of his son jesus christ that's why i'll allow you into heaven someday and say well done thou good and faithful servant so let your light let your good works let the works of christ abundantly in your heart be seen james 2 17 simply says you know the big picture there if you've read james 2 17 even so faith Oh, I've got faith in Christ, and I'm a Christian. And you say all these things, even so faith, if it hath not works, is dead being alone. You understand, hopefully, the bigger context there. It is not sufficient to have light. We must walk in the light and by the light. Our whole conduct should be a perpetual comment on the truth we have received and a constant show of power and truth from God. Why is it so important to show the world the works of Jesus in our total, entire 
lifestyle. Last of letter B, believers are to let their light shine in order to stir men to glorify God. Glorify your Father, verse 16 says. Shows the purpose of living properly before others so that by observing how believers conduct themselves, others will come to understand what God is like and be drawn to him. Folks, let the world see the light of Christ in you, the good works of Christ in you. You and I, we don't glorify God. You and I don't. Only Jesus Christ. This is a, I know it, that's why I've come here for all these years. I've heard it, watched it, listened to it in sermons. This is a Christological ministry, Christocentric ministry. You and I don't glorify God. Only Jesus Christ glorifies the Father. And when you and I are in the light, walking in Christ, working and serving in Christ, we are glorifying the Father and others will take note and others will notice. The light of Jesus Christ in your life encourages and stirs up others to make decisions. So folks, that's a pretty, pretty, pretty powerful message. Isn't it this week? Hmm, I needed that sober reminder. People are watching me, and I just have an impact in people's lives because it's a really, really dark environment that I'm working on. And we need to be in those situations. We need to be in tough, difficult, dark situations to be a light in people's lives. May God use you this week to be a light in a desperately dark world. Father, thank you so much for your people. This is your church. You are the head of this church. You're the light of this church. You're the light of these people. And they are light. And so, Father, I pray this week, this was, these folks know this text, this sermon text, uh, the Sermon on the Mount, uh, for the most part. And may it just be a good reminder for them to continue to love living for Jesus Christ, love their Savior, and to be instruments of righteousness and actually meet for the master's use this week. We will thank you and praise you for your strength. When we're weak, that's when you will display your strength in our lives. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.